now it's time for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by the one, the only, Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire <laughs> for today's round of This Week in History. And I'm glad there's an in-studio audience here, yes. the, the one to applaud. But it's that's it's great. me, yeah. <laughs> How are you? Good. Well, uh, you know, this is a such an interesting week, and of course we started off, and our sympathy goes to uh, the people of Great Britain uh, and the funeral of Queen Elizabeth uh, II, and... That was a moving ceremony, and certainly uh, uh, our hearts go out to all the people who uh, mourn her passing and loss. What a legacy. Uh, when we heard that masterpiece theme, you know, I couldn't help but think of that yep. uh, this week. Uh, there are some interesting things going on this week that uh, are part of our, our history, too. Um, and one takes place on September 21st, 1862. And it's a little-known story of a daring escape of uh, 22 African Americans who were enslaved. Uh, they take three small sailing boats um, from Wilmington and sail uh, 28 miles uh, up the Cape Fear River uh, to escape. And it's probably one of the more daring escapes, and we know about it because of one of the people, William Gould, who uh, actually wrote about it in his diary, and one of the few diaries that exist of this. But, I, you know, this quest for freedom is so important uh, and such a part of the human spirit. It's just a, an amazing testimony to people, what people will do. And um, when I've read some of the, uh, like, the Hillsborough newspapers uh, going back into the 18th century, uh, before the Civil War, what is so striking is how many times there are advertisements mm -hmm. for African Americans who have run away. And I thought, yes, the reason slavery exists is because there is dogs, whips, chains, laws. And I said, if if people had a chance, they would escape if they could. Yeah. And here's a case of where this actually happened. And uh, it's a daring escape. And they had to pass Confederate gun ports at one point and got by there. Uh, it just yeah, assume the Cape Fear River is going to yeah. be like a pretty significant oh, yeah. part of my Civil War defense. That's right. So you, you're going to have a lot of Confederate soldiers along those banks. And yeah. why? Because they said, I think we can do this. Why not? And they did it. And they said we, they did it. Well, now, uh, something slightly different. So it, it's to put it into context of people doing things because they said, I want to do this. I think we can. Uh, one is on uh, September 20th, um, and that's uh, in the year, oh, I think it was 1993, um, uh, a young girl, Vicki Van Meter, uh, takes off in a plane, flying a plane from Maine, landing in San Diego three days later. But what makes it significant is that she becomes the youngest person to do this on going either direction. Um, she's 11 years old. Wow. Which is kind of amazing. It just kind of, well, I want to do it. can't drive a car, but <laughs> no. you can get into a plane and fly it across the country. I'm sure there was someone in the back seat just to make sure. I'm just riding Maybe, along. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. That's pretty pretty impressive. Uh, just so that if anybody's listening and say, oh, I'm too young. Well, you're never too young to do something extraordinary. Um, there's another one that pops up this week that I, I is, yeah, you know, I've talked about her before, and y you'll know this name, uh, but let me just say what her name was originally, Annie Cohen. Uh, she's uh, born in Latvia. Her family moves to the United States. She becomes a naturalized citizen, you know, four or five years old, and they're living in the Boston area. Um, uh, she grows up, marries uh, 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 
peddler uh, Max Kapowski, and that becomes her name. Well, <laughs> she has three children, and I'm laughing because she's 24, and she has these three children, ages 5, 3, and 2, and uh, some men make some disparaging remarks like, oh, yeah, you know, bicycles. We've talked a little bit about this before, mm-hmm. how bicycles have come into fashion, and how she thinks uh, they make this disparaging mark like, well, no woman could ride around the world on a bicycle and, you know, in uh, less than 15 months. Oh, I'll make a wager on this. And it... How does that even come up in a conversation? <laughs> like, I, I really don't know. And, Did you go to the somehow... game last night? No woman can ride around on a bicycle all the way around the world. somehow this word, no impossible Bill. and can't, is not in her vocabulary as it is true of so many other people who do extraordinary things. And she's really small. She's like five foot three, 100 pounds. And she determines, okay, I'm going to take these guys up on their bet, and I'm going to show that it can be done. And so with nothing more than a lot of moxie, she uh, convinces a sponsor, uh, which was a Londonderry Spring Company, to, uh, to finance her trip. And she says, I'm going to take this up. And, and so she's riding in big billowing squirts. By the time she gets to Chicago in the middle of September, that's that she's lost about 20 pounds the bike's too heavy and um, so she changes bike and she changes into a racing suit and then rides back to New York and then takes a fare like a boat a ship over to Europe and begins to hopscotch around Europe it didn't say that she had to ride completely around the globe but everywhere she rides for a while and then she tells marvelous stories and uh, she gets back uh, collects $10,000 in prize money in Chicago uh, and uh, then arrives back in Boston on uh, September 24th, um, 1895, a year after she had begun 15, less than 15 months. So she actually beats the record, which, and goes, moves her family as a result of this to New York City, becomes a journalist. Wow. Um, and we, you know, it's astonishing we don't know more about her, but uh, she would later write uh, in her one of her first articles. I am a journalist and a new woman. If that term means that I believe I can do anything that any man can do. <laughs> and she dies in obscurity in 1947. Only later was it picked up and finally even the New York Times belatedly publishes a wonderful uh, obituary about her because it's extraordinary. And that's just somebody who just says, I'm going to do it because it's there. I like it. Um, which I think is, is just extraordinary. Right. And it reminds me of, you know, uh, another uh, woman that pops up this week. Uh, who uh, is actually Japanese uh, in origin, uh, Tabai Junko, uh, who was born uh, September 22nd, 1939. And uh, she becomes a Japanese mountaineer, author and teacher, first woman to reach the summit of Mount Everest, and the first woman to ascend the seven summits. These are the highest peak on every continent. Every single continent, I mean, right? that's yep. just an extraordinary life because it's there, because she wants to do it. I had trouble getting to the top of Okanichi. <laughs> and you can do that. But I did it, <laughs> did you? but it was tough. Oh, come on. Now, it's like a 12-minute walk up the, I know. Up the, the, the park ranger road. I mean, yes, you can walk around the mountain going up. That's much harder. Or walk down. That takes a long time, but the Ranger Road, no, you must have gone the other way. Which we went is up the up, trail. Oh, yeah. good Lord, that is so hard. Right? Yes. Yeah. Half a billion years old, but you can really fail, say that you walked a mountain that's on the same age range as the Appalachians, so. Speaking with, uh, with Scott Washington, History Matters, uh, one more. What do we got? Okay. Um, 
Well, I'm just going to pick up on one legacy of uh, the people who, like uh, Annie Londonderry, who picks up the name because of the Spring Company. Uh, but, you know, we, we've talked about people like Ann Davison, um, who was the first uh, woman at the age of 39 to uh, single-handedly sail across the Atlantic. Uh, then the Frank uh, Samuelson and George Harbo, who are the Norwegian-born Americans, the only two who have actually rowed across the Atlantic. There have been others, and I found one. And this is the one I want to kind of end on. Um, and that is uh, a young woman, uh, Jasmine Harrelson. And this has only been in the last uh, couple of years. Uh, she decided to, to actually row across the Atlantic herself. And uh, at the age of 22, becoming the youngest person to do this, she sets out on the 12th of December and arrives in uh, February, uh, the 20th of February, 2021. So, I mean, we're talking really very recent history, and I'd never heard about her, and I stumbled across her. But the thing was that she didn't know how to row at all. In fact, she said when I first tried it, this was like in 2020, she said, I, I was a terrible uh, rower, and then huh. she kept uh, practicing until she got better, had a high-tech boat. But even then, even with the high-tech gear and communications, her craft also tumbled over several times, and she made it back. Do you know about the local musician Don Landis? No. So she, uh, Don Landis this is why I come to this show. recently <laughs> moved to the area. I think she was in Nashville earlier, but uh, or, or Kentucky. Uh, she wrote... The music for a musical about Tori Murden McClure is the first woman to row oh, solo right? across the Atlantic Ocean. It's a musical oh called God. Row. It's local. It's really good. Yeah, wonderful. She's well, a she's a great musician. We've had her on the air. You know, and all these people prove that you're never too young, you're never too old to do something new, and they change history. They change our lives. They inspire us. And uh, I think of the uh, the motto of uh, uh, the woman from Japan. Uh, who climbed all the mountains, and her motto was uh, a simple one that we can all learn from and live from, do not give up, keep on your quest. And that's why... History matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Aaron.